0: April fourth two thousand twenty three, we're in Berachot and Daf Amud Aleph. Three lines from the bottom, just a few words before the end of the line. The Gemara picks off on the stage of the Mishnah that we're up to in terms of our discussion and analysis. Ben HaPerakim Vehule. If you recall, the Mishnah Daf Yod Amud Aleph, the first Mishnah here in the second Perak, talked about uh, and taught us the laws with regards to stopping in order to respond or to greet another person. Um, during Keriyat during the Berachot of Keriyat and the Mishnah at the very end of describing what is it that's considered the different Pirakim, the different portions of Keriyat Shema, mention the opinion of Rabbi Judah. So, we're for a moment or two going to discuss Rabbi Judah. Omer said the Mishnah. Ben the statement of Rabbi Uda is that between Vayomer, meaning the end of Vayomer, and the beginning of Emet Vyatsiv, which of course is the first of those Birkot Kiriachima after Kiriachima, you're not allowed to pause, you're not allowed to stop. Uh, so again, you finished Kiriachima, you got up to Ashni Hashem Asher Lachem Ani Emet, you have to go straight into Vyatsiv. Says the Gemara. Amar Halakha Amar ben le'emet lo The halacha is like Rabbi Yehuda that you should not pause at that point. amed What's the reasoning for Rabbi Yehuda? Ultimately speaking, it appears as if this should be considered a pausing spot. You finish keriyat and you're now beginning Vyasiv. Why is it that the word emet, that the connectedness from the end of vayomer. Into emet ve'asiv is considered to be something that's so tethered, so connected, that you shouldn't be pausing or stopping. Dichtiv, he cites a pasuk that says, V'adonai Elohim emet. The pasuk describes how HaKadosh Baruch Hu is emet. And as a result, in concluding that pasuk, Ani Adonai Elohechem, the next word emet is really connected to it. After all, that describes the name, the essence of God. That midat ta'emet says the Gemara. Okay, now that we've accepted and understood halacha kibud huda, let's understand the ramifications. How does that play out practically? Hazer ve'omer emet, or enoch hazer ve'omer emet. It says the Gemara. Once you said ani hashem elokchem asher olseitid chemer es pasamni ani hashem elokchem emet, you didn't want to stop. Do you now, let's say for argument's sake, once the Hazan finishes Shema, once it's your opportunity to continue reading, do you now go back and repeat the word emit? Meaning I said emit and now I'm going to start again and say emit V'yasiv. Do you understand the question? The no, question well, is You just said emit. You said emit in connecting it to Hashem Lo uh, do you connect it as well to Vyasiv? Ultimately speaking, the word Emet, as the Gemara understands it, is really connected to both. After all, right. the next word Vyasiv with the Vav Hamosif makes it clear that we're referring to who God is in his essence and his characteristics as we can, in our feeble way, describe him. So it goes Emet, Vyasiv, Vinachon, V'kayam, and so on and so forth. Uh, well, that means that Emet is connected to there. But I've already used the word Emet. As connecting it to ani adonai elohim emet, I've referred to God as the pasuk we just quoted told us as emet. Why can't it be both? It could be both, but what if I paused? Do I now start again with emet in order to designate that uh, emet is not only on hashem elohim but also on emet uh, on v'yatziv? Amar bi'avow, Amar bi'ochanan, chazer veomer emet it says indeed. It's appropriate and right to go back and say emet again. So you said, and then you pause, you wait for hazan or something of that sort, and said, emet viatif. Rabba amar, and this is how we're posek lahalacha, which seems to be the way that you're more comfortable with. It says, you don't repeat emet, it's used for both, and as a result, ani al kechem Chalas. Now, v'yatziv is understood even with a pause in between to be a continuation of that word. Emit. You're not if, even pausing. You just continuing if you're waiting to say for emet, the, if, if you're, you're waiting wait for out. the hazan, you are pausing. I know if you, for whatever reason, did have a moment of pause, is really our question. Um, it happens to be today. We make it even a little bit more complicated because we go back and we say as well as well again Hashem and the reason we do so is in order to fill out the words. We want a specific word count in our Kiryat with regards to the amount of words that are said. Uh, but ultimately speaking it's the same type of question and the Halakha is we don't repeat it. The Gemara tells a short story with regards to this kameh derabah, nahet means to go down. If he was going down in front of rabah, it appears as if it's a reference to him being a hazan, because the way the hazanim used to uh, stand once upon a time was, Mimama akim we saw this in the Gemara, that there would be a descent, you would go down in order to even physically say, I'm calling out to you, God. And as a result, shema'eh rabah de'amar, emet emet tere zimneh. Rabbah heard this individual repeat the word emet twice. Like the opinion we saw earlier in our Gemara, that you are hazer veomer emet, like Rabbi Yohanan. Now again, Rabbah disagreed. Rabbah said, don't say emet, emet, emet. But Rabbi Yohanan's opinion, who according, apparently this student was following, did it two times emet. Amar Rabbah, not liking what he heard, made a bit of a joke about this. Call emet, emet, tefase lehai. He says, all matters of truth, and overwhelmed and overburdened by truth, have caught this individual. He's, uh, so to speak, making fun of him and saying, this man is so enraptured by truth. This man has almost lost his mind that he's overtaken by truth, that he's just repeatedly saying, emet, emet. That's kind of funny, laughing at him and suggesting that it's kind of funny. Um, it's true that later on we have the word emet as part of our Birkot kriyat shema, but it's not in reference to emet, emet, a double repetition, a double mention of it. It's specifically that you said, Ani v'yasif. It sounds funny, says Rabbi, it's unnecessary. You don't need to be saying it in such a fashion and shouldn't. Amar of Yosef, Kama, kama me'alya Uh, says Rav Yosef the following teaching is in truth very elevated, it's very high in terms of its status, we should appreciate what we're about to mention bar Yehuda Amar, when Rav, Rav Shmuel bar Yehuda uh, arrived from Eretz Israel, whenever the Gemara has those words "Ki atah, when he came, it's a reference to a rabbi who had studied in Israel, now was returning to or visiting Bavel in order to uh, talk with them and engage in dialogue. We're always interested in well, what did the rabbi from there say? How do they learn this in the land of Israel? Amre Ma'arava, He reported Rav Shmuel bar Yehuda that in Maarava in the west in Eretz Israel they would say. Arbit, when they said Kiryat Shema this is what they would say. Vayomer period. That's it. They would skip, effectively, the entirety, the middle section, the core, the flesh of Vayomer, of our last passage in Kiryat Shema. Why would they do so? Well, uh, the Gemara will be clear, and Rashi already helps us with this. Uh, you're really dealing with, in this uh, area, you're dealing with the Parashah of Sissit. The fact that, as Tosafot helps us on the top right hand, uh, the second Tosafot, uh, the opinion of Rabbi Shimon in Maseich Menachot and Afmim Gimal is that Sitzit is not a mitzvah which is no heget by Laila. It's a mitzvah which is not relevant at night, uh, because the Pasuk says Ur Itemoto, you should see it, and the ta- night is not envisioned as a time of seeing. In turn, if Kiriat Shema, the final passage, really focuses specifically and mainly on the mitzvah of Sitzit, uh, truncate it, abridge it. Just start off with the initial words, and then finish with according to that logic, you shouldn't say anything tefillin either in the first two paragraphs. Anything referring to that because you, you can't, can't cut out the entirety of those paragraphs. Effectively, we want a to a se- you, take a sentence here, take a sentence there. Anything that's not because you're not allowed to wear tefillin at night. Same the biggest thing. issue really is is the entire passage is all about tzitzit. It's not that uh, now you might ask, and you'd be right in asking this. The Gemara did tell us earlier there are five men, five important aspects of that final passage, but effectively it's a passage which is known as Parashat zitzit. The second passage, V'hayayim Shamo, is the Parashat Kabbalat Mitzvot. The first passage is Kabalat O'ma Chuchamayim. The theme is that of Sitzit. So you're right. You could take out from the earlier ones, but it's not as necessary. It's a side point over here. This is the essence of it. That's what seems clear with regards to their practice in it. So, Amar Abaye, my ma'al yuta, says Abaye, what's the high mention over here? What's the ma'al yuta? What's the uh, elevated stature? You said this was a beautiful teaching. You were so intrigued by this. I don't only think, I, I not only think that it's not interesting, I think it's wrong, says Abaye. How so? kahana uh, lo The statement of rav, ultimately speaking, is you shouldn't, It's fascinating, at night, even start with Vayom. Don't start with it. It appears as if, either ideally or even practically, Rav maintained, you should not be saying Vayomer at night. But if you did begin saying Vayomer you have to finish it. So in other words, it says, oh, in Eretz Yisrael, they're trying to deal with it. Uh, what are they dealing with it? They're doing it wrong. According to Rav, the tradition that we have here in Bavil, there's no such thing as starting it, abridging it. Once you started it, you finish it. The V'chitema, which to a certain extent, by the way, is an answer to your question as well about tzitzit. Your question maybe would be on Eretz Yisrael, but ultimately speaking, according to Rav, there is no such thing. You don't truncate. You don't abridge uh, it. Maybe you'll tell me Maybe the initial words That's all introductory. It's God speaking to Moshe and telling him to say to them but you didn't even start with the dialogue. You didn't start with the conversation with the command. Maybe when Rav's statement was don't begin it but if you begin it you have to finish it. It's when you read the next words. Maybe it's not the next words. Don't we have statement in the name of Rav himself when you say those words not the initial word but that's already a beginning it might be introductory but it's already a beginning of the command and you should say to them as a result we're a little bit stuck you came and you reported the excitedness that you had about this teaching from Eretz Yisrael, how they would say the final passage of Kiryat but it seems wrong based on our methodology and tradition here in Bavel. Amar Rav Papa explains the matter, Kasavre clearly it appears that in Eretz Yisrael, although they're working with general principles as uh, we have, uh, the the words is as well is not considered an opening until you actually say the words and as a result there is a discussion there is a disagreement between Bavil and Eretz Yisrael but ultimately speaking in Eretz Yisrael their logic their rationale is sound they don't want to be talking about Tzitzit in the final passages of Kiryat at night. So they'll start with They don't consider that the beginning lines of the final passage. If they did, we assume they would go with our understanding of Rav you need to finish it. And therefore they would go and then go straight to Ani Amar abaye, abaye says, let me tell you something about us as a result. This is fascinating in my opinion. Therefore, Anan at we, in Bavel, although, to a certain extent, in an ideal sense, or in a theoretical sense, we could, maybe should skip the whole last passage at night. The reason we start the last passage is because we mimicked that which they did in Erez Yisrael. We started. But, unlike in Erez Yisrael, where they didn't consider that an opening, and as a result, they were willing to skip the rest. We copied them on that, but fell back on the other statement of Rav, that that is considered an opening, a beginning. Once we started it, we finish it as well. After all, that's the statement of Rav and The name of Rav, as we mentioned earlier, You shouldn't begin it in a uh, theoretical sense, vayomer, at night, once you started it, yigmor, gomer, you're supposed to finish it as well. That effectively is the sugya. Again, it gives you a certain pause and reflection on what we do today. The fact that we say vayomer, you and I and everyone seems to take that for granted. Well, sh- maybe we shouldn't. In the morning, it makes a lot of sense to be mentioning it over there. In the evening, not so much so. After all, the theme is sissit. Why is it that we're mentioning it well, we want to mention it because it's part of the segment. Once we began mentioning it as part of the segment of Kiryat Shema, we finish it. it says the Gemara, barav ani lo amar ani If a person were to say ani hashem Elokechem, you in turn need to say emet afterwards, meaning the entirety of we're talking about at night. If you didn't, however, in other words, in that theoretical, if you followed the opinion of Rav, that you didn't say Vayomer at all, you don't need to say in turn anything afterwards, Emet Ve'emunah, all that would be cut out as well. That's a fascinating statement as well. Until where? It sounds like at all at this point. And that's going to be a question of the the Gemara until the Amidah. Now, wait a second, says the Gemara. We know there's a mitzvah, we learned in the Mishnah, that you're supposed to be, we're going to say it in the Haggadah in just a bit, you're supposed to be And as a result, it's Already a little odd that we're skipping Vayomeh, which has Haskarat Yitzhiat Mitzrayim at the end. But at the very least, we're going to say Ve'emunah, and in Emet Ve'emunah, we're going to mention Yitzhiat Mitzrayim at great length, in great detail. But now that you tell me, if you didn't say Aniyah Shem Kehem, you don't say Emet as well, you don't say any Ve'emunah, ask the Gemara, V'haba'il Ad Kureh Yitzhiat Mitzrayim. If you're going with this Rav approach, and you're not following the mainstream normative way that in Inbaveil Abaye told us had already developed to say the entirety of Vayomer. So you didn't say Vayomer, and you didn't in turn say Ani Hashem Elkechem. So as a result, you didn't need to say Emet. You didn't need to do Vayomer. What happened to Haskarat Yitzhiah Mitzrayim? Where's your mention of God taking us out of Egypt? De'amar Hake answers the Gemara, you must have, and perhaps you were supposed to say the following. If you skipped Vayomer, you wouldn't skip everything in its entirety. You would instead say, Modim anachnu lecha Hashem Mitzrayim and Rashi explains and you would go in from that into uh, as take a look at the uh, left hand side in Rashi Rashi says and we would say and therefore we're singing to you in other words effectively what you would do is you would have this special tefillah this particular which read like this we are thankful to you God who took us out of Egypt and redeemed us from the house of slaves and bondage there and you did uh, miracles for us and you performed wonders on the si- on the sea and as a result we're singing to you and what do we sing to you? Micha mocha we sang it to you then we're singing it to you now and from there you of course would go to Ga'al Yisrael in Tahashkivenu. in other words what the Gemara is telling us is you couldn't and wouldn't skip the entirety of the Berachot Berachot is not just Berachot that sandwich Kiryat the Berachot has have a purpose in and of themselves. So it's a mitzvah potentially minha torah to be maskiri tsya mitzvah and lot, and this is the way you would do it. To summarize, then, what we've done thus far in the Gemara is number one, we talked about the opinion of Rabbi Judah. you shouldn't be mafsik ben, uh, ben emet, and we're posek la way. Number two, emet viyasiv, you don't have a double emet reference like Rabbah told us Even against Rabbi Yohanan. Even if there's a pause, you go just one emet, and then you'll go into viyasiv. And number three, this longer conversation in which is vayomer in Eris Yisrael, in Babel, as a development from Eretz Israel used to have different practices today. Of course, we're, f- we're fully aware of uh, reading the entirety of it, but we can understand the perspective of maybe skipping it. Its theme, after all, is Sisit. What about Yetzirah Mitzrayim? You would then make it up. But I thought, you don't need to make it up. It has no relevance. No, you'd make it up with a special biracha of mention of Yitzya Mitzrayim. Says the Gemara onward, Amar B'Yoshua ben Korcha, Lama kadema parashat shema. If you recall, the ensuing lines of our Mishnah then went on to explain the order with regards to Kiryat Shema, how we read it. So if you take a look back at the Mishnah on daf Yod Gimal, it was statement of B'Yoshua Ben Korcha. Why does Parashat Shema precede Vayayim Shamoah? Remember this? It's so that you first accept the yoke of heaven and then you do the uh, mitzvot. And then why is Vayayim Shamoah Tevayome? Because Vayayim Shamoah is relevant both during the day and at night. And Yomer is only during the day. Why is Vayomer only during the day? Because, of course, the sissit in which, uh, the, which is the theme of it. Um, Tosafot does point out here at the top of the page, the first Tosafot, the Lama. Tosafot says, wait a second. V- v- ahafta precedes ve'haya in the Torah. The fact that we say v- ahafta before ve'haya, you didn't need a fancy reason. You start with the acceptance of the yoke of heaven. I accept your kingship God and only then that mitzvot. That's why it's mentioned in the Torah. Tosafot, however, does point out that Vayomer precedes the two of them. Vayomer is at the end of Parashat Shelach. These are in Parashat Fayet Hanan. And as a result, you need a clever reason for, well, if I've moved Vayomer to the end, then why is it in turn that I seem to be saying, En Mukdam Torah, that's what uh, Tosafot writes, that there's no chronological order per se to that which is mentioned in the Torah. As a result, I'll want to uh, give appropriate and specific reasons for this order. Says the Gemara, that's the reasoning in Armenian. We have a beraita in which Rabbi Shimon ben Yochai weighs in on this issue and gives different reason, uh, alternative. Um uh, A rationale for uh, alternative, uh, uh, a different rationale for why uh, this is the order of our kiddush Matanya, That's a beraitar b'Simon ben Yochai Omer b'Din. It makes sense. She yaktim shema le'vayayim shamoa. It makes sense. Stands to reason that shema and ve'ahavta precede vayayim shamoa. Whereas Rabbi Yosua ben Korcha told us, kabbalat ol machut shamoa and only then kabbalat all mitzvot. He says shezel le'mod ve'szel le'lamed. Whereas Ve'ahavta, his assumption is, is primarily studying Torah. Ve'haya is primarily teaching Torah. How so? Well, if you take a look at Ve'ahavta, Ve'ahavta has mention of Vidibartabam, Bartaba, B'shivtecha, and so forth. It's mention of my study of Torah. And Ve'hayaim Shamoah has et Benechem has a mention of teaching. You have to start with studying before teaching. Of course, you might ask a question, we're pointing to the Sidur right now, and the Kol Yaakov Sidur here on page 152, right, it has, v'shinantam levanecha. that's already teaching. Well, so give it a moment or two, it says be Shimon ben Yochai before that, uh, why does v'ayayim shamoah then precede vayomer? Again, we're, we're describing v'ahavta as studying, learning, we're describing v'hayah as teaching, what about Vayomer? Why is Vayam Shema before Vayomer? Shezeh l'ilmod, whereas Vayaya is about study, maybe teaching, but it's l'ilmod; it's the studying and involvement of the study. Vezel Asot Vayomer is with regards to performance of mitzvot. Has a performance of mitzvot? Uh, 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 what does it say in Vayomer? What is it? So it's a specific reference of performing them. So you deal with learn teach, and know it, and then do. It's a beautiful interpretation, but it says the Gemara, wait a second, Rabbi Shimon ben Yochai, how do you explain this? itbe, Are you telling me that ve'ahavta, shema ve'ahavta has only study, and not performance and teaching? V'shinantam, as we mentioned, is the teaching. And furthermore, it says ukshartam, you should tie it on your arm. Uktavtam, you should write it on your walls, of course. Tefillin and Mitzvot, but that's performance of Mitzvot. The Hakativah shinan tamukshatam uchtavtam. V'tu v'tu means and furthermore. V'haiyaim shamoah lelamedu diitbe v'laasot leitbe. The Hakativukshatim uchtavtam. V'haiyaim shamoah. You're telling me is about teaching, and that's why it precedes Vayomer. But wait a second, doesn't it have performance of misota as well? At the very end of it, you talk about kishirata tefillin and kitivata HaMezuza as well. Ela, rather, this is what Rabbi Shimon ben Yochai must have meant. Hachika amat. B'din hu shetakdim Shema levayayam Shamoah Shema veahavta. Makes sense to come first. Let's count out all the mentions that you have over there. Wa'iso shezeh lelmod ulilamid? velahasot. Veahavta, if you called Shema veahavta, had study for yourself. Uh, what was that? bam. And Vayud Varimaila Sham alava becha. Furthermore, it has teaching, Vishinantam. Lastly it has performance, Ukshatam Uhtavtam. Vayaim Shamwa still should as well precede Vayomer. Why Shizayashba? It might not have study, but it does have Lila mid, Vilimaditim, Vilasot, and performance, as we said. Ukshata the last of those three, all it has is I mean quote unquote, all it has. Still a beautiful and important passage. And by It only has performance and as a result it goes kind of three to one, and kind of, uh, this is, has it all incorporated. This has a little bit less, a little bit more focused. And the last one is specifically focused as my action takeaway. Let's go perform the mitzvot. Why was it that Rabbi Shimon ben Yochai felt it necessary to have a different interpretation than that in our Mishnah? Kurha. Bi Yoshua ben Korcha. Bi Yoshua ben Korcha our Mishnah told us that the reason is kabbalat o Machut Mitzvot, and then uh, uh, one is relevant during the day, and the other one at night. Why did Bishimon be ben Yochai feel it necessary to give a different explanation? Hadav veod kaamar says the Gemara. Hadav means one, veod and furthermore is what he was saying. Rabbi Shimon ben Yochai was not negating Rabbi Yoshua ben Korcha, he was instead adding to it. Wonderful reason. I like your interpretation. Let me add another one. Hada, the first reason of why this was the order and structure of the rabbis for Kiryat Shema, k'desh uh, i'b'kabela al-avor mechut shayma'im techila, v'hakach mitzvot, that was the interpretation of Rabbi Yoshua ben Korcha in Mishnah. Ve'od, and furthermore, says Rabbi Shimon ben Yochai, Mishum mishumdi'it Ba. Hanemilea Furthermore, it has all these other reasons. Again, the three two one type of structure, L Mod, Lamed, La Asot, La and then La Asot Bilvad in vayomer. That's what the Gemara then has set forth for us in this third segment for today. It's the reason for the ordering with regards to the structure of Kiriat as the rabbis set forth for us. This last segment of the Gemara, we're going to just begin now, but you should understand why it's mentioned over here already because of what we just mentioned a moment ago with regards to our Mishnah and beoshua ben Korha will come in as a relevant proof or counterproof in the ensuing conversation. But let's just begin this conversation. says the Gemara... Of course, one of the famous and well known Emoraim, he would do Nitilat Yadaim, then he would say Kiriachema, and only then Ve tefilin, he would put on his Tefillin, and then he would say Amida, Sali means to pray. That's interesting, is it not? Certainly not the way you and I do it. We might do it Yadayim, but then we put on Tefillin, and only then Kirriachima and Amida. Why was it that he interestingly would say Kirriachima then put on Tefillin before Amida. That's an interesting reference here in our Gemara and it will really be the issue with regards to what we are what we're wondering says How did he do this? The Hatanya, don't we have a Beraita? We're going to read this Beraita in a moment, but let me tell you already what's coming in this Beraita from a different context. Uh, we are going to derive and understand that the appropriate order seems to be the way you and I do it. Tifilin before Kiriyat Shema. Not only that, the Gemara at the bottom of the Amud will lend another reason for it. Not only will have evidence, the Gemara will say it's Ki'ilu Me'id edu it. It's as if you're testifying falsely. You're saying God told me to put on tefillin when you read kiddushimah. Of course, we say ukshatam. It's going to be But where is it? Are you falsely testifying about God? So, there's a rationale and there's proof doing it otherwise that's what we're really going to be wondering with regards to why rav would do it like this V'hatanya, don't we have a beraita that teaches the following now the brief introduction to this beraita is that once upon a time the way burial plots often not always were done is they would carve out a cave and then in the cave carve out several areas where bodies would be placed that's what you call a koch. Each one of those were called a koch. They had specific measurements. And the rabbis talk about this from time to time. Now, the scene is as follows there's someone who's digging that koch, lamet. He's considered an Oseek Bamitzvah, the Gemara Todos An-Daf Yod Alef, we would doresh, beshiftacha bevetech, blechthecha baderech, perat, it excluded, le'oseek bamitzvah, ha-oseek bamitzvah, patoom bamitzvah, if a person is involved in burying the dead, he's performing mitzvah, as a result, he's exempt from mitzvot. Okay, says the Gemara over here, Hatanya don we have a beraita which teaches the following, ha-hofer kuch, or koch, lamet bekever, for a dead person in a burial plot area, time-bound. person who does so is exempt from all the mitzvot. Why do we specify tefillah, tefillin, shema Tos- What's that? Some of them are time bound, indeed. Tosafot does point that out. The problem is that they're not all per se uh, time bound. Uh in the same way at the very least, so Totsa fought at the right hand side says, Mkom mitzvota muropa tura vim tomar, the kikiriachima lahva biklal mitzvota muropa tura, kiryachima, not a part of all the mitzvot. Vyeshlama di illa tane behedya kriyachima and not explicitly mention kiryachima, hava amina de davka hane de lethukvizman. I would have thought specifically the mitzvot that are particularly and specifically time-bound, as opposed to uh kiriachima is tefilin time bound. Well, not really. I mean, Amidah will work for this, because, of course, Tefillah has a time-boundedness. Uh, other of the Rishonim suggest instead these are particular and specific mitzvot with regards to Kabbalat to So they're higher level. Maybe you would think they're different. They have Yehud Hashem mentioning the oneness of God as a result. you would, And they take more Kavana. In other words, all these really, you would perhaps say that you needed to do these irrespective of what you do with regards to the other mitzvot because these are he- highly... Elevated and, and relegated mitzvot, and so therefore we explicitly mention them. But okay, for our purposes, this hasn't affected our conversation with regards to Rav putting on tefillin only after saying Keriat Here says the Beraita onward, gia, Zeman Keriat If the time of Keriat has arrived, Ole, you go up, Vnoteli Yadav, you wash your hands, Umaniach Tefillin, Vkor E You only then says the Beraita, wash your hands. Put on tefillin, did you hear the word? Say kriyachma and then pray. But wait a second, I thought according to Rav, you wash your hands, say kriyachma, put on your tefillin and pray afterwards. Why does this beraita say it differently? First things first, says the Gemara. This Beraitah does not seem to read so smoothly. The first statement in the Beraitah, again, aside from the question that we have on the back burner with regards to Rav, but what about internally this Beraitah? The Beraitah told me two things. It told me, number one, you're That's exempt true. from all of them. So, And then you told me, but here's how to do it. What do you mean? This internally is a difficult to read and hard to understand Beraitah. Resha, the first statement in the Beraitah was Amar Patur. You told me you Patur from Kiryat Shema and Tifilin, Mitzchot Mitzvot and then say the final word say Hayav. here's how you do it what do you mean i'm not obligated. to get it answers again about hi that is shulakashya say fa bitre deresha bihad will suggest, even though it's not explicit, will have to inject details into this beraita and suggest the first part of the beraita where it said you're patur entirely, you're exempt from all those mitzvot when you're involved in the burial is talking about when just one person is burying. One person is burying, exempt from all the mitzvot. The second part of the beraita is where there's two people. Since you can leave someone to continue performing that mitzvah of burying the person, of digging the hole, you then go out and say, Kiriyat That's the suggestion of the Gemara. But the Gemara says, but you haven't dealt with the larger issue, the reason we brought this up, Mikoma Kom Kashiya Rav, isn't this difficult with regards to the opinion of Rav, who we saw his practice, his practice was that he would wash his hands, say kiriat only then put on tefillin the ordering this Biraita is not so answers the gemara, rav kirebi yoshua ben korcha sevira le deamar ol malchut Tehila tehillah hakach ol mitzvot says the gemara, perhaps rav was of the opinion like ribi yoshua ben Korcha. ribi yoshua ben Korcha was of the opinion he told us the reason in kiriat we start with shema veahavta and only, only then go into the, vehayaim Shamoa is so that you first have kabbalat ol malchut shamaim, and then you have Kabbalah to all mitzvot. As a result, Rav likewise suggested and understood that's the way I should do it. I will first accept all malchus with saying keriyat shema. Only then will I perform the mitzvah of tefillin. So he effectively took Rabbi Yoshua ben Korcha to another level. Says the Gemara. That's not what Rabbi Yoshua ben Korcha ever really meant, is it? Rabbi <laughs> ben Although Rabbi Yoshua ben Korcha perhaps told us that in terms of the structure and ordering of Kiryat Shema, you start with Shema ve'ahavta, that's the acceptance of the yoke of heaven, before mentioning mentioning the performance of the mitzvot, that wasn't the way he was telling you you should do it, that you do the mitzvot, only after the acceptance of the Yoke of Heaven, which just with regards to standing of it too. And furthermore, we have an internal question on Rav. Misa Varla la'a kerbiyoshua ben Did Rav really maintain la'i kerbiyoshua ben korcha excuse me, uvetu, mi s'avar la'a kerbiyoshua ben korcha veha'amah ravchiyah barashe? Zimnin sagiin hava kaimna Kamed Rav. Don't we have a statement of ravchiyah barashe? Who said zimnin sagiin means many times hava, I was, kaimna, I was standing Kamed Rav I was standing And in the presence of Rav, studying Torah with him, conversing with him, and what I saw him do was he would first, he would wash his hands, he would make the Berkotah Torah, he would teach us Torah, then he would put on Tefillin, and then he would say Kiriach Effectively then, Rav proved to us that he was not intent on Shema, before everything else. After all, as Rashi explains, he would teach Torah beforehand, either performance of a mitzvah or even the utterance of mitzvot of Torah. Before Kabbalah Ol Machuch Shemayim, so you see, it can't be the reasoning, the rationale of Rav in preceding Keriyat on that occasion, which was attested to initially was because of Rabbi Yoshua ben Korha. Rav seemingly does not maintain the opinion of Rabbi Yoshua ben Korha. Answers the Gemara: Vechitema bedela mata zaman Keriyat Shema. Imken, imken, my ashadute de Rav Chiyab Perhaps the Gemara says the case where we began with where Rav was saying Keriyat Shema. Only then putting on tefillin was when it was already Ziman of Kiryat Shema. This testimony, which we just read, that Rav Hiyabarashi was a circumstance where it was not Ziman Shema yet. Yes, he would want to say Kiryat Shema first. If that's the case, though, says the Gemara, then what was the novelty of this testimony? You come back and you tell me, this is what I saw. There was nothing special about that. That was circumstantial. It's because the Ziman, the time of Kiriyachema, had not yet arrived. Answers the Gemara, La'afuqemi <laughs> Manda'amar, Lemishnai, in Tariq levarich, Kamashma'la, and the Perhaps the testimony was specifically for a side point. It had nothing to do with the order of Kiriachim and Tefillin. It had everything to do with what do you say, Bekotah Torah, on Daf it's a you say, Bekotah haTorah. excuse me, even on Mishnah, the fact that Rav was teaching us Mishnah. And he said, Bekotah Torah, that's why Rav Chia Barah testified, and he said, I saw this in Rav doing that. Ultimately speaking, says the Gemara, I've resolved a lot of the issues. but I have a problem with regards to Rav. I have a difficulty on Rav. When all the dust settles, I'm left with the same question I began this last segment with. As we close it, Rav would say, only then put on Tefillin. You can distinguish between when Rav did what he did. Ultimately speaking, how does that jive with the Mberaita, which we cited, which told us quite clearly the appropriate order is first Tifilin, and only then Kiryat answers the Gemara, Shiluha Hu De'avet, which means the messenger, the agent who whom Rav had sent to bring his tefillin made a mistake. He was me'avet, which means to say, more specifically, what happened was the zeman of kirya had arrived, and Rav realized, "I still don't have my tefillin. I still don't have my tefillin. What am I going to do?" Uh, so he said, "I have to say kirya It was a it was a shata situation. Ideally, he'd want to be wearing his tefillin in the right sequence of events. You put on your tefillin, and only then you say kirya as the beraita made clear for. Us. The fact that one time Rav said Kiryat before Tifilin was specific in particular because the messenger who was sent to bring his Tifilin, he left that at home, he left them in the Midrash, wherever it was, however it was, brought them late. That's why Rav did what he did. Let's conclude the Gemara lastly with this statement. Here says the Gemara in its concluding lines with regards to the appropriate order of k- k- uh, Kiryat and Tifilin. Two lines from the bottom. Kore shema below tefillin. If a a person when it is a time of Kiryat Shema and you have your tefillin and you don't wear your tefillin you leave your tefillin on the side i'd rather wear say Kiryat Shema without my tefillin terrible says she says which means to say it's not that you're testifying about yourself it's you're testifying about that it's false you're testifying god you told us to put on tefillin eh. I don't really believe it. You're reading Kiriyachimah. It says in Shema, you're supposed to have this OT, this Totafot. And why are you not doing it? Clearly, you're scoffing at God. You're denying His actual involvement and in mentioning and teaching and instructing these laws. That's not the right thing to do. It gives a different a parable. It says it's as if you brought an olah, korban, minha. They would accompany a korban olah together with a minha, together with a baked good, which was sacrificed as well. If you brought the olah without the Minha, you've been deficient. If you read Kiryat without your tefillin, you are deficient. Zevah belon is similar. If you brought a slaughtered animal, you were supposed to bring nesachim, libate it with wine as well. If you did one without the other you were deficient, you did half the act, you did three-quarters of the act, you didn't do the whole thing. If you read Kiriyachima in turn without putting on Tefillin, it's ki'ilu me'id eidut sheker al or alternatively you haven't even performed the entirety of this mitzvah of Tefillin. To summarize those last two points then, First and foremost, the proper order, which is quite simple to you and me, is Tefillin and then Kiryat shema. Why did Rav do it differently? Oh, that was one time because the messenger brought the Tefillin later and he had to do it that way. Fundamentally, the Gemara repeats for us, Kiryat should be done with Tefillin. There's a particular and specific um, combination of wearing Tefillin in the context of Kabalat, um, as I'm accepting the Yoke of Heaven. Tamidera Rabbeinu and others point out the imagery of Tefillin, Tefillin as being in between my eyes on my brain, tefillin as being on my arm, uh, right across from my heart, uh, demonstrating the strength of my arm, but really the heart, the passion, the connectedness to life, my mind, my intellectual capacity, Tefillin bind me to bore Olam. I'm reading Kiriach and attesting to the fact, testifying to the notion that you are my God and I am connected to you uh, uh, with regards to any and every facet of my life, but at the same time, you can't put on you're not wearing those tefillin which show that, that's not only inappropriate, it's also a lost opportunity. The tefillin can and should be for each of us that opportunity to feel in a physical way, not just with words, not just with emotions, something intellectual and something detached. In a physical sense, I'm binding myself to your word, my heart and my mind to you, Read that together with Kiryat Shema. The notion then of our Gemara spending many lines talking about the importance and significance of Tefillin together with Kiryat Shema should not be lost upon us. Tefillin and Kiryat Shema are a segment which represent who we are as Avde Hashem. Baruch Adonai,